Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. Hey everyone, this is Patrick. Thank you for tuning in to part two of my interview with Connor Boyack. This is the Wealth Standard Podcast. I intentionally took a week to think about what I would say in this introduction, going into some really good points that Connor and I go through as it relates to to kids and kids' influence, and specifically, you know, uh, parents and how they essentially convey their belief systems, their physical habits, in part to their kids. And so I, I came across a quote by Aristotle. It's one that everyone you know repeats quite often, but it's still profound. It's, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not simply an act, but a habit. So I thought, you know, I thought a lot about habits, right? And I, and I believe that habits are mostly carnal. Most people, if they could snap their fingers and, and change a habit, they uh, they would. But it's essentially something physical. And as I look at, you know, my experiences, mostly with Tony Robbins events, Right. There's, it's kind of like our body craves systems. It craves habits because it wants to conserve energy, right? It wants to spend energy in the most meaningful places. And I think that's happens on a, on a subconscious level. At the same time, there's kind of that unintended piece, which is when there's a habit that we don't like, we find it challenging to overcome and replace with uh, with a new habit. And a you know, perfect example is is health. I've talked about that before, but everybody, most people want to be healthier and we know what to do. All the education, all the information exists. And that really relates to business. It relates to finance. It relates to really anything. So what causes us to, it causes us to stay in the same place and not make those those changes? It's because it's so carnal, so embedded in, into us. So typically it's a, it's a function change. A, a change of a significant habit is a function of drawing or trauma. Drama, it's like your husband or wife says, I want a divorce, or you come home and all their stuff is gone. You get fired from a job. You you know are one up by a colleague, or it also is trauma, a car accident, a heart attack, something physical, which really like shakes us. It disrupts the patterns that we have and the habits that we have and put us in this position where staying the same is more painful, more strain is there than making the appropriate and necessary changes. Those pains, that's strain is uh, is less and you know those typically do not happen strategically they happen by circumstance and happenstance at the same time my experience has been if you truly want to change a habit there is a strategic way to do it but most people don't realize that it has to be very psychological and very physical and this is why and I'm going to invite you guys again you know last year I invited everybody to one of Tony uh, Robbins events regardless of your opinion of him it's a very crazy very physical experience but it's intentional because what it does 
does is it helps you to, and this is another, I think it's an Aristotle quote as well, which is it allows you to give up your past to you and sacrifice it in gain or in part to to get closer to who you're meant to be. I totally botched that, but I'll put that in the show notes, what the actual quote is. you know. But, but listen, it's like those events allow you to think deeply, but also have a physical experience in which you can really process what you want, what you're currently doing and what you need to do. And it really helps disrupt that physical that physical sense, that your physical body, so that you are in the, the prime state to be able to make the appropriate changes. Anyway, I'll put some information there. It's virtual, it's in November. There was like, I think almost 30,000 people for the first one he did virtually. He did a business one, obviously, that I talked about in a few episodes back, but the Unleash the Power Within, which is the event that I invited all of you as my audience to last year, it's uh, it's going to be virtual in November, and I'll put some uh, links in the in the show notes, so go check those out at thewellstandard.com. You know, my experience is that with, with adults, you know, we were somewhat masochistic, right? We have a threshold of pain and strain, and we've developed that over the years, and ma- that makes it a little bit more challenging to uh, to make adjustments in our in our own habits. However, when we make the connection right between our habits, our belief systems, and our children, something changes. You know, anything that I would say compromises a child is something that I would say society does not accept whatsoever. You know, an, an adult can be uh, assaulted or, or beat up or hurt, but there isn't near as much response to that as if it were a child. And, you know, so again, that goes, I would say, you know, consciously and, and subconsciously or unconsciously. And what that means is, you know, you could do physical harm, but also when you realize that you are on a daily basis influencing your child, what they believe about themselves, what they believe about their life, what they believe about what's possible for them. You know, it's it's incredible that these subtle things over the course of time form those belief systems and habits in them. And so right now, you know, I look at 2020 being an incredibly disruptive time and it's good. It's shaken us out of our routines. You know, we had a massive windstorm here in Utah that, you know, blew these huge trees down, like 50, 60, probably 100-year-old trees, huge roots. It destroyed everything. So it knocked down a bunch of stuff at, at our house. And so we've been up at our little cabin in the mountains, roughing it for the last week. You know, but these are, you know, as if 2020 wasn't disruptive enough. We've had an earthquake here in Utah. We've had all the, the COVID-19 stuff. Now we have this massive, you know, hurricane-type wind impact on us. Anyway, it's, it's just right now we're being shaken. We're being disrupted. These pattern interrupts they allow us to really think different about life now is the season where our kids are going back to school and are starting a new new year and i believe that taking back control over where our our influence is over our children will is something that we can do and oftentimes that right there is enough for us to change our own habits our own belief systems about health about finance about love and and relationships about freedom about liberty about other ideas, right? We are in a swarm of different ideas and opinions right now. And ultimately, whatever your belief system is, whatever your opinions are, I believe that we have stewardship as parents, as grandparents, as leaders, anyone, you know, family members that have influence over children. I believe we have stewardship to convey to them the things that we have discovered positively about life. So Guys, listen, I hope you gain a lot from this interview. I hope you take advantage of some of the Tuttle Twins literature. It's amazing. Uh, Connor also has a digital course. All of those links will be on the show notes. So go check those out at thewellstandard.com. Guys, thanks again. We'll see you uh, next week for another episode. Until then. And that's, you know, this is a probably a good, a good transition point because, you know, it's interesting. We've, we've done a lot more webinars and, and trying to just 
talk to people, right? And understand where they're at and what's what's going on so we can figure out ways to, you know, to provide value. And it was interesting as we've looked at all sorts of different topics, and this is for my other company, but we found a an overwhelming difference in the amount of people that engage with content as it related to their parents, where, you know, elderly aging parents and to their children. And so I find it interesting, right? Because I, I think these are these are very like carnal ways in which we're reacting to these circumstances. You know, you go through Maslow's hierarchy of needs and there's other way, you know, other models that explain human behavior and and you know the different tiers and levels. And you know, when it comes to your survival, like you're you're gonna do anything, and most of it's not rational, right? It's all like instinct. I have to survive. Then you get to the upper levels where it's safety. Then you get to relationships. Then you get to you know self-interest. Then you get to you know obviously the the more spiritual self-actualized role. But right now, most people are, aren't even close to that, right? They're in those lower levels, right? And so you look at what people really care about and it's their their parents, their family and and their children. And so I look at, you know, some studies I've read through where where it solidifies that a lot of how a person looks at life and forms their belief structures happens before the age of 15, right? Where they observe or they're taught directly and they're influenced, whether it's by their family, their peers, their community. And that is what they carry out throughout their entire life. Now, things can change, circumstances can change, but for the most part, a lot of their belief structures start there. So what I find fascinating about the way in which you've approached the principles of liberty, and maybe you can speak to this because we haven't talked about it before, where the books that you have written are directed toward children. And it is about these two brother and a sister twins who have all of these different experiences that highlight a lot of the principles of, of prosperity that you believe in and principles of liberty. But the parental learning as a result of that, mm-hmm. right, is something you've spoken to before. So maybe talk about the difference that those books have have made and how they've, you know, I, I don't know if you did this by design or, or it was unintentional, where you made your way into families' lives based on promoting children's education and teaching principles, but really impacted the way in which parents view the world. That was totally unintentional. I mean, the parents really became a secondary market after we started this project, where it's like, oh my gosh, like we've totally stumbled into this opportunity and, and this value add. I think for a lot of parents, you know, so our books are called the Tuttle Twins books. We've got books for kids, for teens. We're coming out with board books for toddlers, coming out with a cartoon. We've got some cartoons coming out too, I heard about, yeah. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of stuff that we're building. Uh, we sold over a million books now. We're in 12 Jeez. languages. I mean, like in Brazil, we're selling books by the thousands. It's just Amazing. taking off down there. So it's, it's filling a void, I guess, is the best way to put it. And when we started the Tuttle Twin series, the whole goal was we want to teach little kids, younger kids, the way the world works. Civics, economics, ethics, morality, not from a religious standpoint, but like the golden rule, right? And human behavior and all this kind of stuff. And so this started because I am a dad and I wanted my young kids to learn this and I couldn't find anything on Amazon that was already doing it. So I'm like, hey, here's a you know opportunity. And so now many books into the series, it is amazing. Like I, you think about like dopamine drips, right? People watching like reality TV or soap operas and they're kind of like addicted to this. And, and I like am being bathed in dopamine from like every day getting social media posts and emails from parents, either or sometimes both saying, holy cow, my kids have learned so much. The conversations we're having right now are amazing. And or like, I've learned so much that I never learned in school. Why did I never learn this in school? Where has it been all my life? And what we found with the parents too is like, so our kids' books are all based on like classic, you know, like economics in one lesson by Hazlitt or 
human action by, you know, Mrs. or all these different books. And 99% of the adults reading our books would never read one of these original books. They wouldn't have the time, the interest. They're often written, you know, decades ago or more where the English is just more dense and we're not kind of used to that style anymore for better or for worse. And so, you know, so these books really simplify things and help parents who are stressed and busy and whatever, sit down with their children, have this shared learning opportunity, have some discussion questions at the end that they can go over together. And then the recollection comes later where they're in the grocery store and they're like, hey, there's 83 kinds of potato chips. Like now I understand why specialization, division of labor, spontaneous order, all these kind of terms where kids through our storytelling books are learning about these things and finding ways to apply them so that they can better understand the way the world works. And, you know, as the author, like people look at me and like, you've made this thing and holy cow, like it's just been amazing, had all this impact and like all honesty and truth, like I honestly have no idea how we've done this because like, we're just like, hey, let's make some books and we'll teach them stuff. But there's some kind of like magic secret sauce that's that just dripped into these things, not of my own volition, where the response has just been disproportionately like passionately positive, where even families who don't agree with our kind of political philosophy initially or whatever are totally coming to our side of things, totally understanding these ideas and glomming onto them just because of, I don't know if it's the simplicity, maybe it's Elijah's beautiful illustrations that are winning the day, whatever it is, we're, we're having a ball. And I honestly feel like anxiety right now because the way the world is, as I said, I've kind of diverted more of my personal energy into this project of late. And I feel like, man, I shouldn't be sleeping right now. I should just be like making more content all the time because the demand is so high. Taking a break from the show, I want you to know about a course I created for successful real estate investors that I'm making available to my podcast audience for free. You guys know that stupid business and real estate investment decisions almost cost me everything in 2009 and 2010. And since then, it's been my mission to teach you listeners the invaluable lessons I learned during this strenuous time so you don't have to experience those same lessons. Perpetual Wealth Real Estate is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy I use personally with all of my real estate investments to ensure a profitable transaction and maximize the overall return. The Perpetual Wealth Real Estate course is my gift to you. Register today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash ROI. Again, the URL is thewealthstandard.com forward slash ROI, Romeo Oscar Indigo. Well, the perspective that adults have, like I said before, you know, the perspective that they have is is very, it's challenging to change unless there is a major disruptive event. And I think this year has definitely changed the way in which people, you know, look at life, look at society, look at themselves, look at their yeah. family, look at what they really want for better or for worse. I mean, there's, there's circumstances where, you know, divorce rates have spiked, child abuse has spiked, but at the same time, you do have families becoming stronger. You have people, you know, being friendly with their neighbors. There's a lot of positive, there's also a lot of negative, but at the same time, you know, this right here really solidifies the idea behind the, the capitalist mentality, right? Where it's not about, you know, being rich and being wealthy, right? It's about finding ways to take who you are and bring value to the world. That's really where it starts. And there's a lot of experimentation. Sometimes it works. Oftentimes it doesn't work. And that's where you've written some amazing books previous to the Tuttle Twins, which are really good books. Feardom is one of my, you know, favorite, favorite reads. But yet the Tuttle Twins right, made an impact where that wasn't necessarily the you know, original objective, but that's how right. things work sometimes. So Connor, maybe we only have a few more, few more minutes. 
why don't you give us some, some case studies, like give us some things that have happened during this summer, during a very volatile time that relates to ways in which families have benefited from reading the Tuttle Twins or consuming some of the other stuff that you have digitally? You know, we, we have like our books, we have our economic curriculum as well. That's at uh, freemarket.tuttletwins.com. And what's been really interesting about the past few months is so many more parents are homeschooling now, right? Like this has been all over the news and, you know, it looks like homeschooling is probably going to triple in the United States, I think is where things are landing now that everyone's heading back to school. And we're seeing like if people are actually going to change their behavior and not just say they might in response to a poll a few months ago. So from all the data I've seen, it appears that we might triple. I mean, that's millions of kids now embarking on this new experiment. And so these families are just clamoring like, wait, what do I do? What do I teach them? What are the resources? What are the curriculum? And they're hungry for material trying to figure out what to do. And so a lot of them are finding, you know, we've nearly tripled our sales since the beginning of the shutdown. And we've just had to try and keep up with everything. It's been a strong demand and so with that increase in volume, we're getting way more social media posts and, and stories from families. The, the really interesting thing to me is we get a lot of families who say they have like a dyslexic child who won't read any of their books, but will read the Tuttle Twins book. I had a kid, a parent yesterday tell me about their kid who has a, like massive ADHD who, you know, this is like the only books they'll read. I had one dad say his daughter will only read like Barbie books, but then she'll also read the Tuttle Twins books. What was another one? I had another one with, I don't remember some of their medical condition he was talking about. Anyways, it's I, I just enjoy hearing from parents like that because they are like, it's like testimonials. Like it's like going to church and having everyone say hallelujah and God is good and all these things. And here everyone's just like sending me emails saying Connor is good and the Tuttle Twins is good. And I need to like, you know, keep that ego down and be like, it's not me. There's some other kind of magic here. But what's really amazing to me about it all is like, we're seeing so many parents realize that they can't wait for the schools to do this anymore. I, I think the collective failure of the kind of freedom-minded people, however you want to describe that movement or group, is that they have delegated to the schools the responsibility for their children's education. And with that, ideas about civics and economics. And so if you send your child to a socialist schooling system, because the, the public school system is inherently a, a socialist system. Everyone pays for the benefits of a few and redistribution of wealth within that system and everything else. Not to, to mention all the collectivist things within school, the permission to go to the bathroom, batching people by age, regimenting your schedule, everyone on the same conveyor belt. There's all these issues for better or for worse. And that's not to say anything about the teachers in the system who are often extremely well-meaning, but the way the, the, system, the, itself. the yeah. system itself is structured. And so if you send your child to such a system, can you really expect that they're going to learn the evils of socialism or collectivism, the, the downsides, the opposing sides even, just simply exposure? There's a, a pastor whose quote I once read, he said something to the effect of, can you really, can Christians expect to send their children to Caesar's schools and not have them return as Romans? And I think that kind of encapsulates the idea, even from a political side too, can we really expect as freedom-minded people who may have concerns with socialism to send your children to the public school system and learn anything other than the fact that government is great and solves all these problems and there's never been any problems with socialism or anything else. So what we're seeing in the past few months, I think, is an awakening of so many more families realizing whether it's because of the school shutdowns or the mask mandates or the economic conditions or simply the authoritarianism that has run rampant with all these executive orders and governors flexing their muscles and doing everything. There's just this awakening of so many more families being like, whoa, wait a minute, what happened to the America I once knew? And then they think about like, what are kids learning these days, what are my kids being taught about the way things used to be in America or the ideal of America or whatever? And then they start to account for the fact that, oh, 
you know, my school doesn't, my kid's school doesn't teach any of that. How can I assume that burden? So it's that transition from the delegation to the schools to the assumption of responsibility that we are seeing a ton of parents now have that awakening and be like, okay, I got to do this myself. But then naturally, like any good parent who's busy and stressed and doesn't know everything about everything, they, you know, search online or go in a Facebook group and they're like, help, what do I do? <laughs> and so that's, well, that's where we try and step in and say, hey, we're here to help. And that's where, again, there's so many different resources out there, but ultimately, if the environment is the same, then there's no need to change, right? But right now there is a necessity. The disruption is so, so great that people are, are seeking other alternatives. At the same time, it's a bitter pill to swallow, right? Especially those who have been raised or have sent their kids to educational system that for the most part, people associate with good. It's good to be educated. It's good to, you know, go and learn and, and socialize. And being told that hey, our school system is Prussian-based and it was originally designed to train you know, the military and factory line workers. People don't like hearing that because they associate it with doing something wrong, right. right? At the same time, that's reality. And I look at really education and how influential it is. It's that pre-15-year-old influence that really creates the framework in which we view the world. And it's hard, you know, hard to really look at things differently. But one of the exercises I did to try to get through to my kids this summer is I actually, you know, walk them through the economics of it, where you go to school, you get a job, you graduate from school. Here's the average college debt. Here's the average mortgage. Here's the average car payment. Here's the average cell phone. And we did all the accounting and all the taxes are taken out and there's hardly anything left over. And then yeah. you go to a graduate degree, right? Yeah. And even though the salary is bigger, what that equates to when it comes to lifestyle is a car with leather and another bedroom or two, and that's it. And so what that did is they started to really be intrigued by, wow, like, really? That's how, no, that can't work that way. And these are, you know, they're young. I mean, I have two teenagers and a, a six-year-old. Yeah. The six-year-old even started to understand it. Mm. So at the same time as, you know, there is obviously divisiveness when it comes to wealth inequality from an education standpoint, man, that's just another one of those difficult things to, to tackle. At the same time, you know, a lot of our clients and listeners and, and audience has, they rave about you. They rave about your books and they talk about how much it's changed, changed their life. And so it just takes that slight paradigm shift, that little seed that yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what else, what else you would call it, but that opens the door to a new reality. And that reality allows you to look at things more critically. It allows you to weigh both sides as opposed to gravitate to the side that seems to align with, you know, people that are like you. And that's where I, I see our, our society, it's going in a, such a, a horrible direction. At the same time, it's exciting because typically when you have that much disruption and contention, okay, it's going to cause people to step back and really, really think and hopefully be awakened to a better perspective and hopefully one that leads them to more happiness, more fulfillment, more, more wealth. What I like about the story you just shared too is that you've got teens and then you've got a six-year-old and even the six-year-old can understand. And I think many parents for a long time have just assumed that these are not issues for children. Maybe once they're teenagers or about to head out of the home, we can have a conversation like this if the adult parent even feels up to the task of having those conversations themselves. But what we found, and I think to some extent largely proven with the Tuttle Twins, is that even these younger kids can understand these complex ideas, social, economic, civic ideas. As long as you're explaining it to them in the right way, you're giving some you know, examples, you're maybe giving them a little profit incentive, doing a little lemonade stand or whatever. But young kids can understand these really old, big, you know, complex ideas if you present it in the right way. That's something I've been blown away at is just the response that people are giving us about how their kids are really not only like, you know, reading the 
the books and, and understanding, but recalling and then applying these ideas and kind of seeing when they're watching the news or hearing about some social media thing or whatever, they're making these connections with these ideas that they've learned about. And it's just mind boggling to me, the young age at which kids can understand these ideas. I think it's incumbent upon us, as you say, within that first 15 years where those ideas are formed and people really set their foundation largely in place to make sure we're like pouring some good concrete for them, right? And not just like throwing in whatever rocks we can and, oh, we'll deal with it later. For those of us in the freedom movement, I tell my peers all the time, you guys, everyone's just waiting until these people become adults and then you talk to them because now they're voters. But by then we've lost them, right? We've, we've left them to the left. We've left them to the collectivists to propagandize them in these schools and preach the wonders of democratic socialism and the you know abject racism of American history and toppling statues and 1691, all these kind of things. And if we just you know abdicate that responsibility and if we don't empower parents to kind of counteract it in their own homes, we're going to forever lose. We're going to be playing defense. I like playing offense more. And so uh, what we're really trying to do is get in there and help parents compete for the hearts and minds and affections and loyalties of their own children against all of those institutional pressures and you know, outreach that's being done to try and capture that child's mind for the future uh, of our, you know, democratic socialist country. I don't want that. So I think we got to invest in the future with our younger kids. And I, and kids these days, we do not give them the credit that they're, that they're owed as far as what they see, the beliefs that are being formed. We don't also recognize their intelligence, which is much different than the way even you and I were raised because we're pretty much the same age. Yeah. They live in a very fast society where they've learned to process information. They've learned to discard what they believe is malarkey and adopt what they think is true. And kids are questioning the educational system. They're questioning what's going on. They're questioning the decisions that are made. I would say these objective ways of integrating education through through books and, and fictional stories, but true principles, right, allows them to extract that information in a more creative way so that it becomes it becomes real as opposed to just these in one ear, out the other other thoughts. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And I think when you look at the the world around us, and again, how quickly those those foundation is kind of destabilizing, I think it's a testament to the fact that there are these systemic problems, whether we're going back and talking about the wealth inequality and, and big economic issues, or just even, you know, what's happening with our kids and what they're being taught in school and how we can help our kids understand these forces that really aren't new. These tensions have been there for centuries. They've been in other countries and other governmental systems like there's so many ideas to learn from the past so that we can better apply it to the present. And if our children are historically ignorant to the dangers of socialism and collectivism in the past, it's no wonder why they're going to embrace this shiny new object that promises to cancel all their school debt and all these kinds of things. If they lack the ability to check those claims against historical evidences. And so if the schools have failed, and even worse, if the schools are encouraging that opposite mindset, that pro-socialist mindset, it's all the more reason why I think parents need to step up up and make sure that they're inoculating their own children against that kind of viral disease of democratic socialism and, and doing their part to give them some resistance where they don't often have any right now. So that in a nutshell is why we do the Tuttle Twins to try and empower those parents to engage that way and, and help their children. So Connor, let's let's wrap up. And I want to talk about just what you have available for those that may have not been exposed to the Tuttle Twins or heard about that before. What's a way they can get started? What's a way that they can learn more about you, your Libertas, but also learn about you know the Tuttle Twins and a lot of the, the narrative we've been talking about today? 
So Libertas Institute is kind of our parent organization of everything. It's the think tank where we publish a lot of material about current events and laws we're trying to get changed, and then we actually go about changing them. So that website is libertasutah.org. But for the parents uh, interested in the Tuttle Twins books that we've been talking about, if you go to tuttletwins.com, you can use coupon 40, which is F-O-R-T-Y, and get 40% off our pack of kids' books. So we have 11 books. Each of them are based on classic texts, like I mentioned mentioned. They cover a wide range of different issues. They come with free activity workbooks. And then throughout the checkout, you'll kind of see other things that we have as well. So we've got now books for teens, which I don't know if you ever read these, Pat. They were popular when we were kids, the choose your own adventure books. Yeah. You know, if you want to go in the cave, turn to page 73. If you want to run away, you know, turn to page whatever. And so we have a series of books kind of based on that model where the young readers, teens and young adults reading our books can observe the different outcomes based on their political and economic decisions in these stories and kind of observe what that's like. And so we got books for teens. We're coming out over the next year. I think we're producing like eight more books. Like I say, we're just trying to crank stuff out and get stuff out there because the demand is so strong right now. And so we got a podcast as well, The Way the World Works. You can find that at TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. We'd love to help even more families. And so appreciate you you know, giving us the platform as always. Love talking to your audience and uh, TuttleTwins.com is where it's at for us. And maybe just speak briefly as we conclude to the, the digital course that you have. It talks about kind of the basics of economics. Yeah. So all of our books kind of talk about these issues and ideas and principles, but they don't go into like a ton of depth. Really, it's just planting a bunch of seeds and giving some broad exposure to a lot of these ideas. It's up to the parents to kind of go deeper and talk to their kid about more stuff, read the original material, things like that. However, for free market economics specifically, we wanted to empower parents, especially because of the rise of democratic socialism and all these ideas to really help their kids understand the specific nuts and bolts of economics, not in a boring college econ. 101 kind of way with supply and demand curves and charts and all that stuff that'll just put you to sleep. Philosophy behind it, yeah. Precisely. It's an economic way of thinking. It's it's a way to see human action and why people behave the way they do and, and how that works and why it works. And so freemarket.tuttletwins.com uh, is where you can find that. There's a cute video with my kids that you go watch. That's a fun little bonus. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that little marketing video, but it, we call it free market rules. It's kind of a double entendre because you know free markets rule as in they're on Awesome, but the course also is like the rules of the free market, understanding kind of the nuts and bolts. And so you can find that there. That's a week by week kind of content drip. So you sign up and that week you get, you know, unit one, lesson one. And then every week you just kind of get some additional information to kind of hold your hand throughout and uh, bit by bit help kids and usually their parents learn the nuts and bolts about free markets. Well, Connor, you do so much good, man. Thank you again for for taking the time. I know you have a meeting you need to run to. So we got to do a follow-up to this because there's definitely right. some things that I, I believe people are going to respond to. So let's do a, a Q&A follow-up in the next few months. Sounds great. Thanks as always, Pat. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Connor. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. 
Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.